All right, welcome everyone. This is Bilal, uh, the host of the Cray Lab podcast. But I've got two special guests today, Jack Butcher, Trunk. Um, I don't even know how to kick this off because this is completely like us guys in a group chat saying maybe we should record a podcast. And here we are. Trung, you're the meme lord of the internet right now. You're also friends <laughs> of Elon Musk and a regular on CNBC. But what else am I missing from you, man? I mean, other than everything you said there, which is 100% accurate, I, uh, I also write for the Hustle newsletter. Uh, we go up to about 1.7 million readers a day, but who's counting? I don't know. I'm, just, I'm not keeping count, really. It's about 1.75, 1.76. I, I don't know. Just don't ask me the numbers. I'm not keeping count. Uh, but yeah, I'm just here to have a good time, man. I think the thing you forgot to mention, Bilal, is uh, oh, we initially started a WhatsApp group about we wanted to raise $20 million and start a company that would change the world. But and then after about 10 minutes of talking, we realized that wouldn't happen. So we're just going to do a podcast. So that worked out, and I'm really happy that we, we, we settled on that. And we'll see how, the, how long this lasts. That's a great intro, man. All right, Jack, you've, been, you've turned into a world-famous NFT artist in recent times. <laughs> but why else are you doing that? doing that people might have seen i've been building a brand for the last couple of years called visualize value so i've been hanging around irresponsible amount of time on twitter every day posting uh these graphics that are an attempt to distill things that i either don't understand or have spent some time trying to learn and uh honestly the uh my attendance here or my uh like getting into this has been uh, a lot of fun group chat and group chat and nonsense and uh, i think we need a bit more nonsense in our lives so uh, let's get into it hold on i got a question i got a question for jack that i'm, I'm sure a lot of people want to know what is the return on every one of your tweets if you put a dollar value for every tweet you, <laughs> if you were to put in the numerator the number of tweets you've done and then i mean, no the amount of money you made and then the denominator the, the number of tweets you, what, what are we looking here is it like 1500 a tweet like a good what question. would you say i'll have to do a spreadsheet for the next uh for the next uh episode I would say, I mean, it's decent. I would say probably. <laughs> I think it's up there, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how many times I've tweeted, but it's up there, yeah. Like we're talking, it's probably in the hundreds of dollars Maybe, per yeah. tweet. Maybe. That's, in that's incredible. I made exactly zero dollars, by the way, but I did become best friends <laughs> with Elon Musk, who's the second richest person in the world. So between the two of us, we're worth about $100 billion each. You got so a lot of unrealized gains, though, Trump Coin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, trunk coins. Trunk, <laughs> what's going on with trunk coin, man? Down 30%, but who, who's do you keeping think, count? What do you think happened? What was the, why did that happen? I mean, people saw that. I was attaching myself to Elon and he just probably assumed that he'd take all my value, which makes okay. a lot of sense. And uh, I wouldn't be able to retain anything. So, you know, I'm optimistic. Uh, I, my six to 12 month price target is still, you know, four or five times gains. That's uh, my personal spreadsheet. So you guys uh, invest at your own risk, not financial advice. A lot of big signals this week, though. A lot of big follows, <laughs> a lot of big viral threads. I'm bullish, man. I'm bullish. If Jack, if Jack is making hundred dollars a tweet or a thousand dollars a tweet, I, I'm nowhere in that ballpark, man. So I'm not going to put any projections out there. <laughs> All right, boys. So let's get on to the first topic, All right? Because you've already brought up Jack killing it on the NFT stuff recently. So Jack, why don't you tell us the inside scoop, man? Because I think a lot of us have been seeing it from the outside. Um, so first of all, last year, you, you already killed it. You had a great year. You kind of grew visualized value. You've got like up to 400,000 followers across channels. Uh, you launched uh, the education courses stuff. That's been killing it already. And then this year, what happens? Like, because this NFT stuff blows up. So take us to kind of what happened in the beginning of this year. Yeah, so what is it now? April? 
NFTs, there was a few people like tapping me on the shoulder last year about like, oh, you should get into NFTs. It's a perfect fit for what you've been doing, right? This idea that um, digital art is, there's so many talented digital artists on um, Instagram, wherever else on the internet, posting stuff all the time. And I got tons of messages from people over the last couple of years of like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm just trying to figure out how to monetize what I'm doing. And even a year ago, it seemed like, sort of impossible even if you're like an incredible talent like maybe you could sell a few prints like here's a 15 dollars print of this thing that took me a month to hand draw right and uh, just not a feasible way for creators to monetize so nfts blah blah blah. someone people keep mentioning this idea of nfts to me and uh i checked out the platforms maybe three or four months ago and they're all like you know crypto like deep tech like what the hell is going on like really confusing starship enterprise ui i was like what <laughs> the hell is going on uh, dom yeah. nominations in currencies i never heard of all that kind of stuff so i was like maybe i'll just give it a pause for now like and then obviously the news cycle starts kicking up maybe it's probably like two months ago now right i can't remember when that beeple auction was but it was probably late february or so and i was like oh maybe i should like take another look at this. Now there's like all this uh, surging interest. And I looked around again, there's this platform called Foundation, which is beautiful, easy to use. Like there's a bunch of like eyes on it and it aggregates stuff. Um, so I just thought, oh, I'll throw one up. One of my, you know, one of my favorite old pieces and use Twitter and like let people know I'm, you know, I'm experimenting with NFTs. What do you think? And the first auction went, like ridiculous. I had no idea what to expect, but it was obscene. And wait, wait, how much? Wait, just let's get yeah, to the. Yeah, what was the first one? How much first did you one, make? Let's get to the punch. We're gonna. First ask one sold questions. for thirty point eight 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 Ethereum. Oh, how much is that? That was the first one. Thirty three point eight eight eight. Yeah. Oh Jesus! That, so that's Dude, like hold on a second. Grand. I think you were. I think you tweeted me or DM me, and you're like, "Hey man, I want to put this up." I'm like, "Sure, dude. Sweet, awesome, yeah, yeah. good stuff." But then you also sent a picture of. Uh, a Porsche 911, or was it? Yeah. Uh, was it? Was it a 911? Yeah. You're like, I'm gonna buy this. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude, all right, man, more power to you. It really exposed how close, DMs, dude. dude, how close did this auction get you to that 911? Like you, for real? How much a, was that 911 you're looking at? You could get a nice used one for that. For, for 60 grand? Oh my. 60, yeah, yeah. Yo, you're you're basically you're you're the internet's I mean, you're the digital artist version of Conor McGregor, man. You just speak things into the world. <laughs> well, also you got to pay tax on that, so you get half a good one. Well, it's only if you declare it. Yeah. <laughs> no financial advice. No financial, yeah, yeah, no financial yeah. advice, son. So, yeah, all right, uh, I think we got the name of the podcast. It sounds yeah. like this is the only constant Absolutely thing. not financial advice, yeah. So, so so you sold it for like 60 grand because at the time though ethereum was less like was uh probably yeah. grand or something so yeah, it was about it was about i think it, like market value in usd was about 54 55 it's like 67 now oh so if you i mean yeah if you just let it sit in your and That's it's just sitting nice. in your foundation oh you're it's sitting in your wallet connected to foundation yeah Cold storage, baby. Oh, dude. <laughs> it's sitting, <laughs> it's sitting underneath, it's sitting underneath the kettlebell. The yeah. Is it yeah. under that red kettlebell right there? Yeah. You twist the red... kettlebell yeah. and then there's a little sequence. And no. <laughs> there's a red kettlebell in Jack's room right now. He twists it and then his entire room converts into like a safe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Cold, cold storage, son. Hey, did you? You hold found on, a I, rabbit hole, dude. 
And, uh, well, I want to, I want to add, uh, I want to add this because we we're talking about cold storage. But do you guys ever read about what the Winklevi twins did when they bought ten million of Bitcoin in two thousand twelve? No, no. What they, they did? They cut up the the cold. They did cold storage. They went around to about a dozen banks all over the states and put the pieces of paper in all the banks around the states. So if they got jacked or somebody came in like, you know, like, you know, Biggie kicking the door, waving the four, four. It's like somebody came to the house to try to steal their freaking uh, their, their keys. It's impossible. It's yeah. in 12 banks around America right now. It's just so baller. That's legit. Yeah. They, they crushed it, man. What they got to a couple, they got 10 well, million. That 10 million, million right? investment is 6 bill now. Six they're gonna, All right. they're, they're gonna leave uh, Zach in the dust eventually, mate. Dude, it won't be long. Uh, it won't be long. It's so crazy, man. Uh, but dude, so well, let me get back to Jack. So this first thing sells. You, you get yourself a Porsche 911, and you and and then you get to laugh at me for saying, "Yeah, good job, man. Yeah, that's really gonna work." <laughs> so other than those two awesome, you know, uh, wins you have there, um, what else was your feeling when this happened? Like, was it just insane? Were you just like, "This is ridiculous," or were you on so little sleep from having a new kid you couldn't even process it? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a. It was a mix, man. It was crazy. Um, the the, the auction mechanics are, are, are nuts, right? So I think the platforms have a lot to do with um, some of the price discovery. So on this foundation platform, someone bids, that kicks the auction off. It's 24-hour timer from when the first bid happens. And then in the last 15 minutes, anybody that bids resets the counter to 15 minutes. So you get these crazy bidding wars at the end where nobody can snipe the thing on the last like two seconds. It's... It, it, it resets, oh, resets the timer and then you have to increase your bid by 10 percent. so that's why this, i think you see is this, this standardized like because i remember like 10 15 years ago when i used to buy shoes on ebay with my dad's credit card yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> you know you just you wait to pounce right yeah, but I haven't, yeah, yeah. I haven't done auctions in ages is this like standard because that's genius is yeah, it i don't know if it's standard yeah. no i think that like some of the platforms have, yeah yeah on foundation it's standard yeah standard. but some yeah. of the other platforms you get to you know you can configure some of those things. Like the stuff I was referring to, the earlier platforms, they have different dynamics. Foundation is just this one thing. It's like 24-hour auctions with that extension uh, mechanic. So, so technically, the auction could go on forever. Technically, yeah. That's amazing, dude. That's <laughs> wild. Yeah, because I, I, I think I was texting with you that day, and I think it got to the last like 20 minutes, and you tweeted out. And I can't remember if it was the first one or it might have been another one. And it went up like 5, 10x in the last like 20 minutes or something yeah, like that right that's been the case on on all of them any of them that have gone it's like all the action happens in the last 15 everyone minutes. just waits till the end mm. and tries to snipe it out how, how much value does that add i mean honestly that must add literally that must add like 90 percent of the value of the auction an absurd amount so i'm just looking at it now i think uh it got to about five ethereum before that last 15 minutes kicked in and then it ended at 34 that's mental <laughs> yeah Crazy, man. So hold on a second. I just want to make this clear. Jack was about to buy, Jack was about to buy a Mazda Miata. <laughs> and in the last 10 minutes, into, this guy, Jack was on eBay looking at used 97 Mazda Miatas. <laughs> and then the auction just went through the roof. Yeah. And this guy's like, hey, he, he tells his wife, he's like, hey, can you just hold on to the kid for a little bit more? I'm about to get a 911. <laughs> babe i yeah. got a 9-11 still negotiating still negotiating 
Oh, dude. Okay, so Bilal, I know you want to talk. Right, no, 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 no. Oh, this is hilarious. All right, Jack, you were going to share your screen, I think, talk through a few of them because we don't yeah, have to sure. go through every single one, but let's get extra inside scoop since we got you here. Yeah, so check this out. All, All right. right, holy smokes, here we up. go. All right, so if you're listening to this, you're not watching, go to the show notes. There's a link to the YouTube clip and you can see this visually as well. Oh, my God, this is, this is absolutely outrageous. So this is the one we we're talking about. And look, the, the auction. I mean, you know, there, 403 is really, I think, where it kicked off. That and was, these, 403 was the Miata, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, dude, this, this guy went from a Miata to 911 in 44 minutes. Dude, what am I doing with my life? Wrong game, mate. Wrong, Wrong game. Wrong game, son. All right. So then you go back to the... Um, Listing page. The next thing was these packs. I did these like blind packs, you know, like kind of like a top shot thing where uh, these were blind, this like you don't sick. know what you're getting. And um, built this thing with a, uh, uh, boosters. Here you go. So Bro, I built that's this... dangerous, man. You can't be shown the autocomplete on the screen <laughs> record, son. That's a real dangerous move, dude. <laughs> So I built this uh, little site with these 10 cards before this was all locked. And then uh, people just started bidding on, um, bidding on the packs. And then I just minted the designs post. So then just assigned them afterwards. That was cool. Um, then uh, the one Wait, that... So, but this one, people were literally buying without knowing what it looked like. They were just trying to buy into Jack. Yeah, I just... Uh, I'm assuming based on the visualized value stuff that's already out there, the assumption that there's going to be... Uh, you know, it's going to resemble that in some okay, way. Okay, here we go. We You need to talk about this one. Okay. Uh, this is the this, one. This bro, one this was so... This is, this was this is history. This is, <laughs> yo, can you pull up the tweet also? I mean, yeah. you need to walk people through this one. This is just so glorious. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so walk through that morning. Give us a punch. So I'm trying to uh, think. I'm trying to think how this... Uh, oh, some man. Close them DMs, dude. Uh, <laughs> mate, <laughs> you told me to pull the tweet up. <laughs> Somebody blur that out. Whoever's watching this, blur yeah. out. Sensitive information. So uh, I'm, tr I'm trying to think what happened. I, like, this was at the peak of the, like, media hype cycle. Like, what the hell is an NFT? This is bullshit. Like, you know, I can download the JPEG and do whatever else. And, uh, you know, I'd spent a bit of time figuring it out. So uh, I tried to, in Visualize Value... Um, style distill what an nft is so on the left hand side this is just an image you know could be anybody could you know could come from anywhere and then essentially an nft could be the same visual asset but the thing that makes it valuable or the thing that differentiates it is the verification the signature of approval the authentication by the creator right it's like a signature on the back of a canvas and then this post just went ape right it's like it just started flying like Trung and I, we talk about the mechanics of memes all the time. It's like, you know, in the first three seconds that this shit's going to mm. be going. Popping. So, yeah. So I'll ch check this out. Three and a half million impressions on this thing. And it was just like, ding, 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 ding. And somebody responded. I had this in the back of my mind, but somebody responded and said, you should sell this as an NFT. I was like, say no more. Here it is. <laughs> Okay, hold on. I gotta say, I gotta say something. I, there's a couple of things I want to comment on. Number one is, so Jack's talking about how we we talk about the metrics. Jack said 20%. He's like, if you have a, a was it 20% engagement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Views, engagement, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 
whatever. I, I, I don't get that very often, but when I do, I like, I just tell my wife, I close the door and I just like, <laughs> and then, <laughs> yo, I'll play that. We might need in. that, son. All right, but hold on. Jack, <laughs> I got, <laughs> I got to tell you something. As you were explaining how you made that art piece, I was like, this is so fucking dumb and ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's so ridiculous. It's just so simple. You literally just did this thing. This thing probably took you like less Buggy. than 30 seconds to put together. But then Jackson would be like, hey, man, yeah, the 30 seconds plus like the 15 years of practice, dude. <laughs> I had the Picasso story in, the back, in yeah. my back pocket. Yeah. Dude, so this guy... Literally, he just two boxes, and then just he he perfectly cuts out the verified tag from the Twitter thing. Like if I had cropped that out, you'd still see like the circles around it, just beautifully cropped. That's so you put it on foundation, and then walk through the insanity of what happens next. So put it on foundation, lowest reserve, right? So what was that? One hundred and eighty bucks or something? There it is. So it's listed at eleven a.m. Someone put it in. So, Jack, you already planned to put this up as an NFT, though, right? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was, I was like, it yeah, makes yeah. sense. And then somebody like tweeted it and laid it you up. like perfectly laid it up. Exactly. Um, so then, yeah, 12 minutes later, first bids in and then it just, you know, just starts going from there. And then last, te- last 15 minutes on this one was just, just bananas, man. Yo, was that Chris Dixon right there? Put a bid on your piece? Yes. All right, dude, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell All you right, something that's legit. about I got to tell you something about uh, well, what was, first of all, what was the final dollar amount? What are you sitting on on this piece right now? Market value. 146. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yo, okay. Hold on, fam. Hold on a second. I, I, got, I, I figured something out while you posted this obscenity. You want to know what happened on March 22nd? That was the day all the banks dumped Archegos Capital's portfolio. Pack <laughs> Butcher was responsible for the blow of Archegos. <laughs> so for the uninitiated, Archegos Capital was built by an investor named Bill Huang. Bill Huang had turned $200 million in, in 2013 into as early as, as recently as just last month, a $20 billion exposure. If you add on leverage, a $100 billion fund it essentially started blowing up on March 22nd. That's when all the banks that lent him money uh, uh, did a margin call and sold him off. But that's, that's irrelevant. The whole point here is this. The reason it happened now, the piece of the puzzle that has not been reported by Wall Street <laughs> Journal Bloomberg is that Jack Butcher put up a photo of two square white boxes and sold it for 150 grand. Trung DM me said, let's just roast Jack. <laughs> And his NFTs. <laughs> uh, he's been practicing this for weeks. Yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. a script there. Teleprompter ready. Yo, Jack called the top of the market, fam. He just called it, son. It was oh my god, this is mental. All right. So no, I'm playing, this is I'll be honest with you. This is, is this is honestly, it's amazing, man. It's like the speed that you did. What okay, what people don't understand is this. Jack's also a new father. How old's your kid, Jack? Seven weeks. Dude, this you might be the most productive person on Pat Leave in the honestly in the history of mankind. This type of thing is on product, Pat Leave. I'm just saying seven weeks is outrageous, dude. It is oh dude, it's outrageous. So applause, man, dude. 100 percent all jokes aside, 
unbelievable what you're doing, especially with a newborn. The speed you moved on this is outrageous. Thank you, mate. High leverage. Uh, this is like an incredible, um, just an incredible medium for value exchange. It's just mind blowing. The, uh, uh, having gone through these, I mean, just say those two main sales, right? Were you, are you still skeptical on the long game of this? Or are you just like, no, no, there's definitely a there, there. Or, or are you just more balanced? You're like, you know what? No, I think, I think it's I, I like, I think it's going to be the same as everything else. I think you're going to get a huge bubble of participation. I personally think things like this are going to do well because they're like, you can like identify a moment in culture and make something. So it's like someone was there for it and they like get to, you know, it's like, the page of the newspaper on the day of X, I think um, there's a lot of people thinking about this as, hey, I can just take the stuff I'm already doing and just port it over into it, like sell my images. And uh, while that might make sense in some cases, I think it's like, it's also setting up a new way to think about uh, a new medium to like play with things. Like people are doing really interesting things with digital environments, right? The guy that bought the Beeple thing, he commissioned an architect to design a museum in VR where he's showing that thing. So it's like, that's, mental. that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mind blowing. I think we have some stuff in the notes that we're going to talk about later. And it like a lot of this stuff escapes me, the futurism of it, but um, just mind blowing to think how the, I think the, the perception of value and like people's identity is so digital at this point. And so many people like live on the internet and consider themselves a citizen of the internet that stuff like this seems crazy to like, we were all born in the eighties, I'm assuming. And it's like, this is nuts. But a lot of people um, younger than us are like, Oh yeah, obviously, obviously you right. something you said there just actually, when you said this is like the equivalent of a news, uh, like a newspaper cover, that's actually genius, man. And it's like, it's like how, uh, embedded in that first bitcoin right or like the first block is that newspaper cover of the right. OA is like a bank bailouts and dude this is you're right and this is actually a perfect distillation in it on top of the fact that it actually is the simplicity of it is beautiful you sold this thing for 150k it's just it's so meta if this isn't one it's, of those pieces i'll be i'll be blown away like this should end up being one of those things it is wild man and i think um yeah i think I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't consider myself, I like, I'd consider myself a designer first. And I think that's actually been a bit of an advantage in this space because you, especially paired with like a decent audience on Twitter, you can really engineer um, like narratives, like tell stories. Like, I think this is like different than this is a cool looking thing. It's like, what does it mean? And how can it be like, I think the validation that the Twitter network can give something is uh like almost a, a cheat code in this game too it's like the thing that we talked about at the start of this it's like this is resonating with people there's something to it uh you know somebody probably wants to own it for that reason yeah you uh you creating the story in real time is also like you said it's what actually assigns this value right yeah it's, it's like, a oh, moment man. in time yeah i it's like it's like being at a sporting event you're like oh man i remember that morning when jack butcher tanked arkego's capital yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> I know where I was. I was I was sitting at my work desk, not doing any work, and people were sending me the same tweet. It's like, oh, check this thing out. It's insane. Yeah, that's like the last 15 minutes, but in the uh capital markets. Yeah, exactly, man. No, that that's great. That's fine. Oh, dude. 
So Jack, take us to the next one, which was the fame one, because that was also, I, I mean, that hasn't sold, I'm assuming, but. Not, yeah, I wouldn't be on this on. podcast, boys. I don't think <laughs> yeah. so. the outpriced. But yeah, so so this I mean, one I, is I, like yeah, this is supposed to be like you know the medium is the message. So that that thing we talked about with the people sale, sixty nine million, which was actually Ethereum has appreciated so much. So that's actually like eighty two million dollars now. And people I know cashed it straight out into USD. So he's uh, he's down at least. Uh, 14 million there, but the, uh, the idea here is, um, you know, this would be the most expensive NFT ever sold and would instantly catapult the person who bought it into the position of the owner of the most expensive piece of oh, digital man. art of all time. What, in your mind right now, obviously a part of this is, it's a little bit of a, you know, whatever. It's a, it's the most asymmetric bet ever, right? right, like, right, right it right. took you a minute to make this. You're just going to put it out there. You might get a little bit of ridicule. Like some people might be messaging like, Hey Jack, man, this is absurd. <laughs> but the reality is, so in your mind right now, what probability are you assigning to this? Is it uh, not zero? It's, I mean, it's very, very close to zero. If anybody's uh, listening to this with the, with the means to make this happen, <laughs> I'll throw in, you know. You throw, you in, throw in the Porsche. Yeah, you yeah, you yeah. throw in the 911. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw in the 911. All right, so uh, just, just to recap, for anybody that's not seeing the screen, it's a, it's a photo that literally just says admit one, like a, a, a carnival ticket, and it's priced at a, a $84 million right You know what? That will be the only link in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens with this one oh, asymmetric yeah. and and it's, you know what i bet it won't be the most expensive for much longer either so it will be uh, there's only a short window where it, where it remains uh relevant you're selling it you're selling it. <laughs> yeah i mean you literally um, just need one saudi prince to listen to this podcast <laughs> and be like this guy took on our kegos i hated those guys and i'm going to buy this ticket for him <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Oh god. <clears throat> All right, Jack. Were there any others you wanted to share? Or the other thing I wanted to talk about was the uh, the crowdsource thing that you did. But before we move on to that, are there any other key ones that might be worth sharing? I got one that I think will be um, good for our next topic. But we'll do the two eighty thing as well. But this, uh, I just put this one up a second ago. Um, this mm. idea, you know, I've been listening to a lot of. Uh, You've just been listening to a lot of brilliant people talk about the evolution of technology and behavior and like remote work and all that kind of stuff. And this idea struck me recently, the idea of, you know, the nation state uh, losing its grip to some degree and individuals having a ton more agency and uh, autonomy and blah, 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 blah. So this is a, a piece I just put out. I think we'll get more into that and, uh, Man, that's, that has Balaji. His... That's Balaji right there, man. That's his, yeah. that's his that's thesis. Sick. I mean, Bilal, why don't we get right into it? I know you want to talk Balaji on Tim Ferriss, which everyone's talking about. Yeah, yeah. About. Should we do that? I mean, the only that's... thing I was going to say is the, the, the Figma thing that you did was pretty cool too, but I'm happy to go into Balaji if you prefer. Let me, I could do it in 90 seconds. Yeah, let's do that because this was cool. I, I haven't really seen anyone do this. So Yeah, so I had this, uh, one of the things that we've talked about this a bunch of times, Bilal, the idea of, um, you know, there's a few... Uh, references you're liking it trunk to it's, it's, <laughs> so, it's really cool so the idea that 
if you apply constraints, you can get really creative. So visualize value is black and white for a reason, because I don't like have to spend 40 minutes thinking about what color to use or whatever else. It forces you to be creative within the constraints you have. So Twitter has a 280 character limit, right? And this idea was what would people do if you gave them a 280 pixel limit? So just put these, these things together and then people just come in and basically color the pixels and make stuff. So, uh, are you going to turn this into NFT for real? So honestly, one of the, there was a few people that suggested it and it's like, it would be cool to do that and, you know, give all the money to charity. Uh, it would be very hard to like figure out who contributed because some people did it anonymously or whatever. Um, but it's badass, man. It was cool. Um, it reminds me a lot of, do you remember the million dollar homepage back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's like, this is another piece of this like digital identity or metaverse thing, right? Where there's like 40 people in this document all like messing about working on stuff. A lot of people tweeted like, Oh, it was a ton of fun. I didn't think it would be that like interesting or enjoyable. It's like you're uh, the good version of your Google doc meme, Trump. <laughs> good version of where everybody stares down yeah yeah yeah. yeah. everybody's having a good time instead of they're just like yeah looking at your every word (laughs) man oh so just uh yeah just for context uh just did a stupid meme of uh there's a meme a guy staring at a girl in like really menacing light and it's just that's what it feels like when you're writing in a google doc man and you're on a deadline man yo get out of here anonymous aardvark (laughs) (laughs) bro don't look at me hey i want to i want to I, I don't know if you've talked about this on a podcast, but I want to hear about the, the, you know, the creation of a daily newsletter. Like you got to be up against it a bit with that. Yeah. I mean, we won't, we won't go super, we don't have to go super deep into it, but uh, just TLDR is, is, it's not like, it's not like, it's not intellectually difficult. It's just a grind because it, it's just hanging over you, right? Like the, the deadline yeah, just hangs yeah. over you. And I'm sure you guys have all been on deadlines. It's just that feeling of, Oh, and then by like in the beginning of the week, you're energized, right? But like by, by Thursday, when you send out that Friday email, you're like, oh man, like I just, I don't want to deal with this overhang in your head anymore. And I mean, again, it's just, it's all relative because it's not the end of the world. I mean, it's a simple job of doing my underwear. Uh, but uh, no, that uh, that's the most difficult part. That is the, it's the overhang yeah. of knowing you got to keep delivering. And uh, I mean, I, most creators know it too, right? Anybody that, I mean, you're, you're, you're on Twitter all the time. You, you're doing a, a output. It's just that feeling of, uh, because it comes with two parts, right? It's the rush of the dopamine after you send it to, right? Like yeah. every morning I'll read the comments and I actually only read the positive ones because the negative ones are just how? so dumb. How can, just, how can you? You're so dumb. How can you, you not read the negative before, yeah. ones? No, yeah. dude, I don't understand. No, so we have three. So at the bottom of the hustle email, there's a pause. There's like this three smiley faces. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. So it goes in a separate bins, uh, right? And like, I just stopped looking at the negative ones. It's just because 90% of the comments were just so dumb. It was like, it, it, in the sense of like, just being negative for, it's like everything you see on the internet, right? Like uh, just yeah. being negative for the sake of being negative. And I'm just like, man, I, this is just not the energy I need, right? Nah. Like, <laughs> it's not that I don't want to hear criticism. I prefer them in like constructive emails, not like, 10 words of like, oh, you're awful. Like, who's this Trung guy? And, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I read negative stuff. I'll laugh, right? Like, I like, um, I mean, Bilal sent me a, a YouTube comment on, uh, uh, so the running joke we have in our chat is I went on CNBC once and, and, and ever since then I've been at, 
have been tweeting at CNBC <laughs> to get me back on and completely ignoring me. But uh, Bilal pulled up a really funny comment from the YouTube video. I was like, I was wearing a hoodie. I look like I'm in middle school. And uh, and the guy's basically like, this is like, this guy's calling the top of the market. They have a guy wearing a hoodie that looks like he's <laughs> on CNBC. But man, I like those comments. But like, if you're reading through two, 300 comments and they're all just like, it's just, there's no point, right? There's 1.7 million people. Somebody's yeah. going to be upset. Yeah. I don't want, yeah, I don't. I want constructive criticism. I just don't want these these jabs in this document. How, having said that, the positive one, just give me that dopamine, son. Tell me how good the jokes are. Keep me going. So to 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 answer the the experience of it is just um, is a TLDR is uh, the the overhang of just having to go through it. But you know you go through the dopamine cycle. You know you're happy to see those things the next day, so it keeps you going. But I I, I personally know that in the long run it's very unhealthy, right? It's a creator burnout. Everybody talks about. It's the expect. I mean, Jack, you know this. It's like and, and Bilal, you know this through your podcast. It's like that feeling that bubbles up when you release something, and you're like, oh, Carl, I really hope this hits, right? Right, you've right, right. That, all you've had a couple that hit, and uh, but then man, you realize it's like even when something hits. Like you look back like a week later and just it's irrelevant, right? Like man, my yeah. kid doesn't give a shit that I hit. Right, right. Like, I went to the dopamine <laughs> one. It's like no, and it's like and you're chasing it. So like I'm very, I'm I am very conscious about it. But like I, to be honest, every morning because I set my Twitter, I always put a joke in every morning. I send a joke out at five a.m. I'm, I'm just gonna put it in so I can wake up to like hundred likes. It, it's yeah. sick. It's fucking sick. <laughs> I actually do it. Like I, I'm like I know this is gonna be in the morning. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna wake up to hundred likes and like it's gonna make me feel good for a couple minutes and what then I'm ten, gonna like, What if it has ten? That's a that's a non. No, that's uh, devastating, yeah. right? Yeah, I delete that shit. <laughs> Yeah. So just to summarize is the overhang. I mean, there's really, I mean, I could talk to the process another time, but I don't want to get hung up on that. I just think that the, the, the psychology and emotions of it is more yeah, that's fun. Good. Yeah. That's mental. Good stuff, just last man. thing on that trunk. Are you still the only person writing a daily email? Cause no, no we have a, we have a, we have contributors. Yeah. We, we brought some, I mean, we have a, a guy, a young, really young dude. He's still in college. Actually. He's in fourth year. His name's Jacob Cohen. He, he's crushing nice. it. He, uh, he, I don't know if you saw, but Sam posted his application. He uh, he applied by creating a hustle uh, newsletter, but as an application. He's like, That's "This is why I got you." I mean, it was very well done. And I'm just like, "Okay, you know what? Just you you clearly took it to another level." And he's just he's very good. And and we are we are actively looking for people to hire. So you're just going to be a supervisor at some point, right? Just sort of <laughs> you, navel gazing be, over it. I believe you will be seeing anonymous a lot of output. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just comments in the Google Doc. Yeah, exactly, dude. All right, boy, should we switch it up to, to the biology interview? Yeah, because um, I listened to this. I think a couple of you, well, I don't know. I think, Jack, you've heard parts of it. Trung, uh, did you hear it as well? Yeah, I listened to it. it it's incredible. Listen to it, right? It's probably my favorite podcast of the year so far. I mean, there's been quite a lot of good ones. but uh, And for people who haven't heard it, it's three and a half hours long. So it's, it's long. And it's not one of those you can listen to while you're, like, working or something. Right. It's it's like quite intense. Like I wrote a bunch of notes. Um, and uh, yeah, so maybe we'll go through a few of the things in there, but it was pretty mind blowing. One of the things um, before we get into that, though, is just like with biology in particular, like I, so I was supposed to have him on the podcast. We were booked in for Saturday night, 9pm my time. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out, but we'll hopefully get to do it again at some point. But he is one of the best like futuristic thinkers oh, out there, dude. I think. It's crazy. The guy, the guy lives in 2050, man. Next level. And I, when I heard that conversation, it was kind of like 
someone come from the future and they were saying, hey, by the way, this is how it works now. Like what you did in the past was stupid yeah. and here's why. So let's go into a few of the examples. Um, the first one was, well, Jack, you tweeted us this morning that 2020 is the year the internet starts. Uh, I don't know if that was actually from his interview or not, but I was curious, like, why did that resonate so much with you, man? Yeah, so and he... did you, how many likes did you wake up to? <laughs> <laughs> I had a day off yesterday, boys. No Twitter Tuesdays. I'm going to reinstate that. It but, just uh, post double today. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> double the dopamine, right? <laughs> double the dopamine. <laughs> Make it up for it. Yeah, I'm in recovery, man. No, so uh, that was on uh, David Perel podcast that he he was on in 2020 because I was I was looking for um, just some of like the distillation of his ideas over the years, reading his stuff, and I found the notes of that podcast, and uh, this is kind of a like loops in with some of the other stuff we're talking about where like what was not normal a year ago or 18 months ago is incredibly normal now it's like the the amount of time you even spend on your phone or your computer or whatever else is just absurd at this point kids going to school on the internet like you're doing stuff on the internet that you never thought you would you know you never thought you would before people are getting married on the internet people are like going to court on the internet it's just nuts isn't it? so uh yeah that was like that just stood out to me as um, I think everybody saw that graph last year of the e-com yeah. trajectory, right? Like closed yeah. 10 years of predicted growth in three months or whatever, when coronavirus started kicking off. Um, so yeah, it just feels like that's going to start happening in every area of, of our lives. And um, yeah, crypto, how that like plays in with that and how the like, all the identity stuff that he starts talking about has really got me going on a different, mm. like, different Wait, like the, like the pseudo, the pseudo anonymous? Pseudonymous. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what, what, I mean, what, Jack, what do you think about that? I'd like to hear right. your thoughts. Should we, let's quickly just define it for people. So yeah. there's, there's real names, which obviously is kind of like what we do now, where you kind of verify your name or whatever. Then you've got anonymous, which is like 4chan or, you know, completely, you don't know who they are. And then there's pseudonymous if I'm saying that right, which is kind of in between. So it's kind of like your internet persona and it's not your real name, but over time you can kind of accrue points or karma mm. or something like that. So if you think of Reddit is a good example, um, is, is that about like people, right? Like yeah, people can link right your identities, right? Like people can figure it out. Like if they really want to. Potentially, they but I think it's, if I guess it depends because it's- One, it depends has, one has equity and one doesn't, right? That's the difference that, between anonymous yeah. Okay. and- Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's it, uh, that's it. And I think like- you know, having a, having a baby too makes you think about this. It's like, I reckon like in 15, 20 years time, I think we've talked about this strong. It's like, you're going to talk to your kids and be like, yeah, man, internet was a free for all. I could just like go on with like these three boys <laughs> have my name on the thing. was just saying whatever shit I wanted to say and then upload the video. And then, uh, yeah, I just like, and now we're getting into this really interesting time where it's not just internet, it's blockchain, right? So you're starting yeah. to put your thoughts on this, unerasable network and honestly like this may sound crazy but you think about like if my grandparents or great-grandparents were tweeting out jokes 2200 years ago it's like they're probably not going to age that well <laughs> you know what I'm saying? so it's like father trunk I gotta archive, auto, auto archive these tweets dude yeah yeah so so that's like bit clout for example it's like Maybe it does. Maybe there's so much content at that point and everything's on chain. So it doesn't become that issue. And maybe the internet doesn't forget already. 
as it is, but we haven't really lived long enough to see the implications of like, and I think Balaji said this really well is like, you cannot, history can no longer be deleted. It is like recorded and it is, yeah. you know, the truth is um, maintained by this network that can't be disrupted. So that's crazy. And good in a lot of ways, right? But it could, it could work. Some people are obviously going to um, feel the consequences of that on the other side too. Yeah, Trunk, what do you think, man? I mean, I see where he's coming from. I think the cancel culture is definitely, there's two things going to happen in cancel culture, right? Either, it either goes away or you have to have this future you're describing where people want to just have freedom of thought, right? And not just be told what to think all the time and not face the consequence of being canceled for doing it. And if, if cancel culture sticks around, maybe not as intense as it has been in recent years, then a movement towards this makes a lot of sense. And you know, it, it, as you interact more with people from different cultures, as the internet will enable, maybe it's better to be synonymous. I, I, don't, I don't even know how to say the freaking word, right? Yeah, but, no, uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and maybe that is the more natural uh, instinct for the younger generation. I think I mean, we talked about this uh, and it's, it's very well known. It's like the interactions that under 15s have now are just they're mediated by Fortnite, Roblox, right? They're so used to already having this, this alternative personality. So if you're saying trans, yeah, it makes sense to me. But the thing I would say is like, if you go back to, go to the American Revolution, right? Like ben, Benjamin Franklin wrote anonymously, but ended up being whatever the word is between because <laughs> it, it, he was revealed to be him, right? But you have a lot of, as these movements happen, people go through these cycles. I think, I think if you look back history, it's a very cyclical thing. Mm -hmm. So... I wouldn't be surprised if it goes in that uh, in that direction and then maybe swings back, right? This shit always goes back and forth. Yeah, yeah, I, I've heard them talk about it before. When I when I heard the ten minute version, I kind of dismissed it. I was like, all right, that's some futurist dude thinking the world's going to be in a certain way. And then when I heard the full version, I was like, okay, it doesn't mean no one's going to use their real name, but there's more of a use case or more of a reason for someone to use that in between. And I think on the internet, obviously, that makes a lot of sense. So even, let's say, visualized value, before I knew it was Jack Butcher, if you had hidden it, which I don't think you did, but, um, well, actually, did you? Did you? I did for start? a bit, yeah. I did, did for, for a few, a yeah. Oh, you so did? Well, guess, what, was, what was the reason you did that? Just because I didn't know how it was going to be received, honestly. It was like, can it get traction without me? I didn't have a, like, credible Twitter profile at the in the beginning. I had, like, you know, 200 Twitter followers from high school or something. Okay. And uh, I was like, attaching it to me, does that feel like, you know, it's smaller than it could be? It's like bigger, it's a bigger idea than just me. And then when I started getting like work inquiries and stuff through it, I was like, oh, may as well, you know. There like, was that validation. Come out of the dark, yeah. yeah. Well, do you think it would be as successful now if you hadn't? Do you think it would have made a difference? It may, it may have not worked, yeah. Or as it may have not gotten that early traction, I think... Um, it's just one more data point for people to make a decision on, right? It's like, do I right. want to amplify this thing? Do I agree with everything this person thinks and says and does? Uh, like the the brand is just cleaner or the, it just stands That's for true. That's a great uh, point. one thing. And it could also, I guess there's only one Jack Butcher or Trung and, but you can have multiple accounts. So you've got app value, you've got app visualized value, you've got the meme account. And mm -hmm. like, they are all kind of, distillations of that umbrella of jack now because we know who you are but but you can have like a different slice uh, by having a different ones by this point yeah it does create nice optionality and i think he's talking about that as well it's like it it's uh it, you can like 
divvy up your identity or your thinking or the things you care about into things that like better interface with the market, right? Uh, you're basically building like these different product verticals of your media company, like at a massive scale, like, I don't know, complex or whatever has hot ones. And then they have a fashion show, they have a music show and they have this and this, you could just be one person talking about all that stuff all the time, but you're probably gonna like, you're probably not going to retain attention in the same way because half the people are going to not like one thing and not like the other thing. So, um, I don't know. It depends how like commercially driven you are and how much you want to like be very religious about productizing. Some people don't want to think like that yeah. when they're just tweeting out crap. Right. But Jack's like productize everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got bills like, to pay, man. Man, if I if I could if I could productize my burps and farts, <laughs> I'd do that in a second. That's smart though, right? I mean, you're right. I think it's the commercially minded and uh, complex is such a great example. But yeah. I never thought about it like that, where as an individual, you're basically becoming this holding company for all these different brands. Like, like literally, just taking Jack's example, he has visualized value, and literally just has his other meme account, which could become its own thing, right? And it's all under ultimately your umbrella. And uh, no, that. Uh, that actually makes a lot of sense for me for the world that Bellagio is describing. Yeah. And this like shift of um, institutions to individuals doesn't mean the things that institutions did were right. like not totally. working or people didn't like them. It just means that like the way they are run or, you know, the, the way in which they're distributed or, you know, the bureaucracy that controls it is, you know, failing rather than like the thing that the market wants being like incorrect. 100%. What about you, Bilal? Yeah, the other thing I, I liked about it was he was talking about this new newsletter or something that he's launching and uh, or whatever it is, this new company. Um, and there's got to be like tasks sent out to people so you can like complete the task and you'll basically earn rewards, whether that's like through paid through crypto or something else. I guess it'll be a combination of crypto plus like, I guess, status points in some way or like a game. Uh, but you can then take that and say, okay, I completed these 50 Python tutorials. Now I can import this into the next thing. And now I can, I'm eligible to apply for this job or something like that. So maybe that's not just what he's building, but he was kind of describing that, which I thought was really interesting. And the parallel he, he uh, talked about was like social media right now. Like right now we all tweet and put stuff out on social media and we know it's like a rented platform. We get the dopamine hits that Trump oh, wakes yeah. up to oh, yeah. every morning, but yeah, every morning. <laughs> but at the same time, really the, the who's gaining the most is the casino the house platform, yeah. as I describe it, which is Twitter or Facebook or whatever. So you can still go and play roulette and win a little bit of money or take that and build a little crew at the roulette table and take them home or whatever. But if you're uh, really trying to win on Twitter or these platforms, the, the value is going to the, the company itself. So that kind of brings up the idea of like BitClout. People are, I don't know what their plans are, if it's just a complete scam or not. But but I think that's an interesting idea. And hearing him talk about it made me think, oh, this it's might be It's not a scam. Thing. You should go buy Trung T Fan, not financial <laughs> advice. It's not a scam, but it's also not financial advice. But Trung T Fan, that's my handle on BitClout. Um, not financial advice, not a scam. Maybe. <laughs> well, here's a, here's a question. Like, Listen, if you're here, if you're here for financial advice, you've come to the wrong podcast. You've taken a few wrong turns in your life. <laughs> My old boss used to. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're in the wrong place, mate. Yeah, dude. Dog. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, jeez, man. Now, I was going to ask you guys, like the the thing that um, all of this points to, or like the NFT thing on a much, much larger scale, is like the last few years you have to create content to attract people to do something else, right? The content is not the product. The content is oh, kind yeah, of the, the vehicle for you to monetize in a different yeah. way. So the hustle email is a vehicle for, you know, enterprise software or was, or, you know, whatever. Or, or, or is again. But you, but it's a thing you do in order to like create, um, you know, create attention to point it in another direction. Like visualized yeah. value was the thing that I made so I could get consulting clients. I could get design work and then like slowly like built that into products that didn't need me to show up all day long. Yeah. And, um, Bilal, the podcast, like, I'm sure that creates a ton of opportunities for you, but isn't necessarily like a monetization vehicle from day one. Yeah. Yeah. When you get to like Joe Rogan scale and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You can pull down like silly, money but i'm just curious like is there is this trend gonna lead to like can a you know let's not say middle of the road but it's like if you're not top one percent creator can you live off what you earn from tweeting and podcasting and things of that nature i'm just curious how that plays out and bitcloud seems to be like the most uh elegant implementation or test of that right. idea. Well, listen, man, if you, so if you put out a fire meme, let's just say hypothetically me every morning at 5am yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you make 10,000 people laugh, look at all the joy you brought into this world. I know. Can I not, can I not get a dollar out of this joy, son? Can I not get a dollar out of this joy and bring to the world? You should I'm literally this. on memetic at night at 11 PM. <laughs> like how can I make the world laugh? And no one's giving me money. Uh, In fact, my Bitcoin is down 30% over the last week. <laughs> I've sent out at least six memes. Buy the dip, buy the dip. <laughs> yeah, buy the dip, not financial advice. Not financial advice. advice. No, but no, I, I, dude, I totally agree with you, man. It's, it's, it's frankly insane. And I've only been doing this for a year, right? Like, like earnestly doing yeah, it. Yeah. You're talking about people that grind. I'll tell you the people, I, you know, when, uh, when comedians, stand-up comedians in the 90s, 2000s really had to break through, the shit they had to do to break through. Oh my God. Dude, you're doing a, you're doing an open mic every single night in a shitty little bar and you're getting paid nothing. You might get a drink voucher. Sometimes you have to pay to be involved. Yeah. And then these guys grind for 20. It's no, yeah, it's crazy, right? would, you would you pay yeah, to send you have to a meme? Pay to get on it. Would you pay and, to send uh, memes? Would I, <laughs> honestly, I, I would, man. Yeah, Just, I know you would. But in exchange for the dopamine hit. Yeah, the dopamine hit. <laughs> yeah. So it's a fair exchange. But um no, I, it, it was, it's actually, it was so much harder back then. Uh, but now, like you said, the tools that you're being given to, to break through, uh, man, imagine, imagine being these guys and then, and then it's big clout works, this idiot like me doing these fucking memes. And this guy's like, man, I went to over a thousand open mics and never got paid. Right. This guy literally hasn't left his bedroom and is getting paid on bit. <laughs> so that's the world we're heading to. And it sucks that it wasn't there before, but I mean, I'm all for it, man. Yeah. That's badass. And I think there's other like ways people try to monetize as comedians through this thing, it's like, I'm going to do a zoom show and buy like 10 and like sell 10 tickets. Right, it's the right. dumbest like way to think about it oh, because it's, it's like, completely, like, yeah, it's a complete like throttle on your earning potential. When it's like, if you can make a Twitter account grow by posting funny stuff, like the, some of the stuff that would be not podcast friendly that we send back and forth strong. It's like, yeah. those guys should be like, <laughs> multi multi-millionaires the amount of value oh that they God, that dude. they bring into the world it's a value you know 
in in different sense, but well, Reddit is valued at six billion right now. So I did a sum of parts valuation on it. About four billion is Wall Street bets, and the other two billion is dank memes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty fair valuation yeah, for yeah, Reddit. Yeah. And maybe uh, maybe interesting as F is like another like ten percent of uh of the value of like that, that that was not a real valuation. But I was looking like really like man, damn, this guy's got a spreadsheet and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember you posting that. So so yeah, I, I guess real quick question on the on the BitClout side though, because I think we all kind of tried to sign up. Jack, did you ever get into your account? Because I think you uh, tried. Mate, or... My thing is verified, but my code or my key is like doesn't match the thing I signed up with, so it's just there. Probably just, just dead forever. Posted out with a couple hundred thousand waiting for you. Well, so dude, I'm probably just... tanking my value by by announcing that, manipulating the market. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll be, I'm troubleshooting it. I'm Wait, are, they, are you talking with somebody about it? I try. I'm trying to get in touch with them. Yeah. If, right, if anybody listening good. has got any connections, a bit clout. Yeah. We, don't, we won't have we won't have the link in the show notes. We only have a link to his eighty million dollar ETH. So <laughs> instead of helping him with his bit clout, just buy that one. <laughs> just buy that. Just buy that eighty million dollar uh, photo, and then we'll we'll be good. Um, Erbalau, I know that you had some uh, couple of these nah. like, games that you wanted to. You had the, the, some the game ups and downs. I don't know. You, you had some like oh, no, game no, no. of we'll, We might get to that. Oh, we might get to that. But just uh, on the, we talked about BitClout, but on the biology stuff, the next thing that kind of um, stood out was when he started talking about Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrency. So it's kind of related to what we talked about. Um, and again, the name of the show right now, working title is not financial advice. And my favorite thing being a podcast host is anytime money stuff comes up, I always say this is not financial advice. And then we proceed to give financial advice. So <laughs> this is it's exactly what <laughs> it's exactly what he did. And he was just like Tim Ferriss was like, okay, hypothetically speaking, not financial advice. If you had a hundred K or 10 million or whatever it was, um, what would you do with it? And so what he said again not financial advice but he would put 50 percent into ethereum 50 percent into bitcoin and uh <laughs> to, be, to be honest that's basically jack's portfolio right yeah now. <laughs> exactly no but jack well, you how forgot close... the five percent dogecoin yeah you yeah, yeah. so how close are you to that allocation close oh, okay so tell, walk, walk me through uh, the conversations you have with your wife and then the, with the, you have with yourself every night when you look at your portfolio and then how you've talked yourself into it. Mate, all you got to do is listen to a couple of Michael Saylor podcasts. <laughs> you get down the and you'll be in, mate. Quick. You'll be saying like, <laughs> sell it, sell everything. Sell your clothes. We need to buy more Bitcoin. Uh, but no, my, uh, we've had a lot of, we have had a lot of conversations about it. Um, done some risky, stupid shit in the last few years, which makes like Bitcoin look like a, you know, a safe, real solid, it like, safe It bet. looks like a 10-year treasury. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Isn't it so, crazy that when you get used to the ups and downs of, of cryptocurrency, then you go to your stock portfolio and you're like, someone's like messaging me like, oh, it's down 4%. I'm like, what? what? Well, yeah, Who cares? Yeah. That's Why? like an hour in this crypto. <laughs> really <one>. irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely um, don't suffer from the like chart refresh thing. I just like, I sort of buy the narrative of it. You're going to have to take a guess on something. So uh I got my skin in the game and I'm just, just sticking to it, mate. I, I respect that, man. It's a, it, so you are doing set it and forget it, right? Which is the best investing policy. You're just setting it in something that's very a untraditional, unless you're yeah. a Balaji, which yeah, is. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, have uh, you know, a, like 
we won't be on a, the bones of our ass if uh, both Ethereum and Bitcoin go to zero. It's still like a backup plan, but it's <laughs> you definitely... Got, you, got a, you got a small cash allocation? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's going to try um, to barter his 9-11. <laughs> yeah, but we've, we've been joking with Trung, who, by the way, are you still... you got to get you off zero, Trung. I, right? I don't want to talk about it, but I have <laughs> zero. I think I that was the next crypto. agenda item yeah, we had, so... <laughs> I mean, we can talk about it. It's funny. Uh, I. Uh, it's funny because... So obviously, blah, it literally after listening to Michael Saylor on the Pump podcast, I'm like, okay, oh, fuck, fine. I'll buy some Bitcoin. And I go on Coinbit. And it, I mean, this just speaks to how the perseverance gene just was, when this instance was not strong with this guy right here. So I go to Coinbase. They're like, hey, man, you're capped at $750 a week. I'm like, Jesus, Christmas. I want to have to do, I just want to buy, all, I'm like, all I want are three coins. Somebody just give me, I literally just wanted three coins. I'm like, well, I think it was time it was like 30 grand. So I'm like literally texting my buddy in the States. He's like, I'm sending you a check. I know you got a Coinbase account. Just please buy me three coins. He's like, man, you know, you can get like, like, pieces of coins and you don't have to get three. It's like, I want three. I just want three coins, man. Just give me three coins. I'm about to send this guy the check and uh, ends up not happening. And then that, that psychological thing where something starts rising, you're like, okay, I'm, it's too late now, right? That thing, oh, so this was back at, when was this Trump? It was at 10,000. <laughs> Oh, okay. So this, all right, all right. I was going to say, so Trump I, just no, dropping you, 100 I mean, on but this. You, know the, you know what I mean with the psychological thing, right? It's like, you're trying to get that cost basis. And, then, and everyone's just telling me, it's like, dude, what difference does it make? Is it going to 500,000? Like, you still have 10x to run. Yeah, just, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I could have had 60 times, man. I could have had 60. <laughs> so there's literally that mental block. And in between that mental block and the uh, pro, and the preceding four months, I made some really questionable investments. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So I need those to kind of I need those to get their ways. But I need kind of those to show me a little bit of action. No, but I mean, I know I'm eventually gonna have to do it. I'm already. I mean, the fact that I haven't is just ridiculous, right? It's Wait, just, so how did you get crazy. your bit? Because BitClap, did you not have to put some in, or you just logged into? Well, it's BitClout. weird. You so, somebody did it. Somebody did it for me. Somebody's like, "Hey, man, you oh, got some okay. BitClap." And I'm just like, oh god, I'll Venmo you, man. He's like, dude, 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 don't worry. Like, uh, you're like busy, but let me begin it. Busy, I just give somebody an allocation to get in there. And so this thing rips. Like, the value that he put in, it's gonna be like way more. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm total noob on this stuff, and I didn't get an iPhone until like 2013. So this is like par for the course, man. That's crazy. Oh, and well, Jack likes a joke, right? Like, I'll be the guy like begging you guys to let me in the Citadel in like 10 years. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm so Bell sorry. Street we, we did, bro, we did we did a podcast once like 10 years ago. Like, can we can you just let me in? Hopefully, actually, I'll get yelled at after this and I'll finally put some money into it. Oh god. Hey, Anyways. yeah, I think BitClout could be your could be the on-ramp for you, mate. You get a meme ripping. Yeah, there paid. we go, right? I'll yeah, just depend yeah, yeah. on that. Oh, Balaji is not gonna be impressed by what he just heard, man. <laughs> So we got uh, the other thing to mention on, on the BitClout, uh, not BitClout, Bitcoin stuff, is he uh, talked about um, the US and China, which I thought was quite interesting because, yeah, like we all, I think, have grown up watching films of the US government, and as he described it, and then you think, oh, they're like all powerful, whatever. And then he says this one line, which is something along the lines of they couldn't even mail out checks on time right like and that kind of stuck with me because i was like okay yeah of course they're gonna come for you if you do something wrong and i trust them to do that but when it comes to actually clamping down on say bitcoin i think the only way they're really gonna be able to do it as you said is like through regular regulation 
Um, whereas China maybe has a slightly different approach where they've got a little bit more control, there's a bit more surveillance going on, um, so they could actually clap down it in a different way. But the way he described it was he thinks there's a 100% chance of this happening, that the US government will have some sort of regulatory attack. So again, curious to get your guys' take on that. Do you think, you know, what, what do you think about that? Do you think that's going to happen? Well, me and Jack have actually talked about it. I'll, I'll sum up my kind of TLDR super quickly is just, uh, I just... I mean, they will, as, as inept as they are in a lot of things, like mailing out checks, but Bilal, you brought it up, is like, they will literally come after you or ruin people's lives over tiny fines, right? Like, they'll, they'll, they'll ruin somebody's life for like $1,000. It's happened before. And the IRS will literally hunt people down for or audit people over like a $500 missed or $1,000 missed like uh, payment, right? Like, it's happened. There's stories about this. Now, even though they're understaffed, there's always these stories of like, really small misplacements where resources are still hunting people down. So I was just like, man, I just find it hard to believe that they're not going to do something when there's literally a parallel monetary system growing that they have zero control over. And the Coinbase actually is going to be their choke point in my opinion, right? It's like Coinbase is, it's a US company. It's based in the United States. It operates by US laws and it's funneling all these trades, right? So the US kind of has a choke point now where they can do stuff. Um, and obviously Balaji was a CTO at Coinbase previously. Um, I think something's going to happen just because everything that's ever happened in America's history where they're threatened, they just, whether or not it's effective is besides the point, right? It's just like the fact that they've really done nothing is kind of shocking to me. What do you think it would look like though? Just like, um, I mean, the parallel that people meant the analog is from the 1930s when they banned the trading of gold and that really didn't do anything, right. but the, the outrage just banned it. It's like, you can't trade gold anymore. Um, so do you know what happened? Did they come after people's gold? Like, did they go to people's homes and seize the gold? Yeah, that's it. I don't even know what happened afterwards, oh. but all I know is that wholly probably ineffective. So the same thing's probably going to happen, right? Gonna, yeah. I could see a coordinated effort between uh, Canada, EU, and let's say Australia, and the Five Eyes, right? The Five Eyes uh, securities, uh, the Western nations. And like, hey, listen, we're going to ban all trading of cryptocurrency, right? Let's say they coordinate that crypto goes down 50, a Bitcoin goes down 50%, but then everybody starts to realize in the aftermath, they're like, well, actually it doesn't really matter that they're doing this because there's going to be other ways. It's like blocking one, it's like blocking the stream one way. It's going to, it's going to find a way, right? It's like the little dinosaur in Jurassic Park. Life's going to find a way. And <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I, but you, I'll add the last point because you guys will laugh. Like part of me, not getting into Bitcoin is like I'm waiting for this thing to drop so it just sells off my fifty. <laughs> Famous last words, man. Yeah, yeah I think I've I've also been down the sailor rabbit hole, also the pump rabbit hole. So pump sends an email every morning, and I, I'm impressed every day he finds a new way to talk about you know what's going on yeah. in the markets, but especially a way to somehow spin it in a way that I'm like I need to buy more Bitcoin this morning. <laughs> so that's how I feel every time I read it. In fact, I listen to it when I make my coffee. And uh, like the caffeine kicks in and I'm like, all right, let me whip You're this out. You're on Coinbase. Right You're adding to allocation. <laughs> scanning in. But yeah, so um, talking of that, let's talk a little bit about Coinbase because you just brought it up there. Um, so I said Coinbase like my uncle from Pakistan there. That was funny. Coinbase. That was funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> Coinbase. Coinbase trading at Coin is, the, is, is going to be a NASDAQ in the next uh, few weeks, I think it is. But their numbers just came out. Oh, they're um, stupid. They're stupid. Yeah. Trump, <laughs> let's, let's hear the breakdown, man. So the, the numbers I heard, the high level, 2020's revenue, $1.3 billion. Q1 alone was $1.8 billion. Yeah, it's 10x year on year. 10X they went from year. 
30 million uh, profit in Q1 2020, and it's up to about 800 million now. Uh, somebody uh, did a really good thread. Uh, it skipped my mind. I have to apologize. But uh, basically, they're larger than the NASDAQ and uh, Intercontinental uh, uh, the uh, Commodities Exchange, ICE. They're already bigger than those other exchanges. Crazy. It's completely outrageous. And what's funny is that I contributed zero to those trading fees. So I don't know how this happened. Because <laughs> <laughs> Man, dude, this company would be twice as big if they just let me, like, if they just upped my cap. They got this strong coin in CoinBase app. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, dude. It's actually crazy. Um, uh, I, it's nuts. I'm actually speaking with Gary Tan, one of the early investors. Oh, no way. Monday, nice. right before the... Uh, direct listing. So I'm going to ask him uh, like five or six lessons uh, or I mean, he was one of the early guys, right? Like early investors. I just want to know, like when you're there, just, just download on me what uh, made this special and what I did wrong in the past six months personally in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you trunk, you mentioned a number. So uh, there's 56 million users that's larger than almost every global bank, uh, every payment gateway. So that includes like Square, Venmo, and uh, the major stock trading platforms like Robinhood. Uh, this was from Ramin. Uh, yeah, Ramin, there, there, there's a Twitter thread. Yeah, that's Ramin, the Twitter thread. Right, I'll, I'll share that. Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, he's so dope. What I will say is this. Let, 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 what, what, I mean, you guys know the value of users. Let's say that crypto trading completely blows up. These guys got 56 million accounts. They can literally just start opening checking accounts and lending people money. And like, oh, they're, already do, they're already they're lending people money. Oh, they're already doing yeah. a lot, right? Yeah, you can, like you can all these financial services. You can borrow 33% of your Bitcoin balance. In so basically they're doing, they're going towards where Square and Venmo are faster than Venmo and Square are going to them, right? I think they, uh, another good link we should chuck in the notes, um, Mario Gabriel's S1 report on the Coinbase. From the yeah. generalist, yeah. What, I think they cost, they, maybe I'm remembering this, uh, I think 11% of crypto assets are like custody by Oh, by Coinbase. Coinbase? Oh, dude. Oh, my goodness. That's the other big one is just the custody. Because if you think of, like, we're retail investors, but then, what, Jack might not be a retail investor uh, for long. Jack, Jack, long, man. That family that office coming the, soon. But yeah. That was before <laughs> NFT, dude. He was a retail investor before but NFT. Yeah. Well, well, the not financial advice rolling fund is going to be launching <laughs> yeah, soon. That's true. That's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so we've got... Um, yeah, we've got the retail investors, but then we've got all the institutional investors, the hedge funds, uh, all those dudes. And they they don't want to be like doing cold storage, like the way Jack and I have Yeah, tried like to they don't, out. there's only so many dumbbells you can buy and kettlebells, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, like, they, so want, they want proper storage, right? They, and your Coinbase is, I mean, yeah. Coinbase, they're, they're going to have laughing. insurance. And, and then there's also like BlockFi does similar stuff and they're starting to bring out products like Jack said, where you can say, let's say you've got a million dollars worth of crypto just sitting there. You can just lock it away, put in HODL mode basically and <laughs> not touch it. So you don't, and there's actually literally an app that I use uh, that has a thing called HODL mode. So it's quite funny, but, um, and, and that's probably the best thing to do if you're um, in that situation, because you're otherwise going to be like looking at the numbers going up and down this way, you just lock it away. But then you can then borrow on that. So I think someone like Pomp, I think I've heard him talk about this, where 95% of his net worth is in, in Bitcoin, not even crypto, just Bitcoin specifically. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a legend. It's so he's, a, he's a maximalist. <laughs> I think it's 98%. I think when I started, uh, when I had him on the podcast, it was probably like 60%. 
fifty percent, and then it's gone up since then. So it's pretty it's crazy. 90, it's ninety nine point nine percent. He's this, not even yeah. listening to the Balaji portfolio, man. Like, Yo, I'm good, man. <laughs> <He's just going. laughs> you know what, Balaji? You do your portfolio. You do you, man. I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna go a hundred percent. So, so yeah. So that Coinbase. Uh, the, uh, Again, not financial advice, but from your uh, CFA background and MBA background, Trung, do you have any sense of like what the price is going to be when it goes live? Like, Dude, what are they aiming I for? I mean, can we talk about how irrelevant those two designations are? Based <laughs> I, on I don't have any Bitcoin. Like, I am, that was why matter. I was rubbing it Bro, in. But yeah. I could take the CFA again. I could have two. I could put Trung fan CFA CFA behind my name twice. It wouldn't freaking matter. I own zero Bitcoin. Like I'm a joke, dude. <laughs> That's the last funny, this is the therapy start of therapy part of part of the podcast. Dude, oh my goodness, man! If you had listened to, yeah, don't don't listen to me, man. Um, no, no, not advice again. But do you know, like roughly, the market cap is supposed to be going. Oh, it's a hundred bill plus. But with the billion, number, right? dude, this was a hundred bill before they put their dick on the table with this secure update. <laughs> He literally, Brian Armstrong literally just put his balls on the table and going to the, dude, they're going to double. They're going to double. It's going to be $200 billion. I'm calling it right now. It'll be a $200 billion direct. Actually, no, it's a direct listing. So probably less of a pop. It'll close the first day at $150 billion. Heard it here first. I'm going to own zero of it. <laughs> no Bitcoin and no Coinbase for sure. All right. Yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Maybe by the time this comes out, it might be around when. It, when the, the IPO 14, happens. Yeah, I mean, listen, who, who knows? Maybe maybe we decide to can it because of all the uh, all the screenshots, the sensitive screenshots that uh, Jack put up there. <laughs> How, I'm going to turn the tables on your ass. I'm going to ask the question here. All right, what are you looking at this week that's 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 flying high, man? What, what are you hyping? No, I say up or down. I say go down, and we'll talk about WeWork because I already prepared for it. <laughs> okay, no, go ahead. But no, seriously, though. Um, so we all know the story from WeWork how much of a shit show it was last year. Uh, but what's been cool is that a documentary has come out on Hulu. So did you guys see this yet? Yeah. I've seen pieces of it. You've seen clips or whatever, yeah? So uh, this is a crazy one because, so again, on full transparency, I don't want to shit on them too much because I, I I have mixed feelings about this. Um, You've also interacted with management. Let's not bury the lead here. Yeah, yeah. I'll say, so I worked with Miguel a little bit, like one of the co-founders, more than Adam. I've met Adam, but just like briefly, uh, when he was like fist pumping in a, in a rave, pretty much. Have you washed your hands since you shook his hand? Are you still washing it I just wear a glove forever, yeah, <laughs> to protect it. And I will say, to all jokes aside, Miguel has always been super nice and like, I think he seems like a good guy. Uh, Adam, I don't know personally, so... Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, but like the, the documentary didn't paint him in a great light <laughs> based on like some of the lying and uh, some of the stuff that just seemed kind of fishy and uh, it just seems kind of crazy. So, yeah, I guess I'd, I'd love to get your guys' take on on the documentary. Was there anything that stood out to you guys? Uh, this isn't related to the documentary, but this will, this will be my thought for this one. Um, something that I've been noodling on, it's, it's very unformed. But I've noticed with Elizabeth Holmes and Adam Newman, neither of them are on Twitter. And mm. uh, right. So they don't go through the stress test of not to say that everybody on Twitter that's in tech. Uh, if you think about it, those like a lot of people are very active on Twitter. Right? Aaron Levy, Box's CEO, Austin Allred from Lambda, very active uh, tech personalities. They're putting their thoughts, stress testing them all the time out there and giving, uh, making themselves vulnerable to getting called out. Right. Elizabeth Holmes, and uh, and uh, 
and Adam Newman both didn't have any social presence to speak of. And they were filtering their messages through the New York Times, the Wall Street Journals, all their PR agencies. And I found that pretty funny. And uh, I thought about it too, because a company I worked at uh, previously, FinTech company, Kensho, our former CEO was similar. He had no, almost no social presence. He used the mainstream media channels to get his message out, particularly CNBC. And I'm not going to say necessarily sketchy, but just like when people aren't willing to stress test their ideas in the battle and in, in, in kind of the battlefield of Twitter, I find it a little bit like, I, I, I think it's a bit of a red flag. I don't know what you guys think about that. That's it. Well, the, that's a good point. I mean, I guess the, to play devil's advocate, you could also say they're like not wasting their time on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, of I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. They're but also extremely active. Yeah, okay. I think we should use the control of they're very active in media channels. It's not like they're yeah. being quiet and just mm -hmm. head down. Like they're they're everywhere, right? They're in these controlled messages. They're on CNBC. Yeah. They have their photos everywhere. They have the these uh, these fluff pieces written about them, right? They're that okay. That would be the control. If people are doing that with zero Twitter or like zero social presence, I'm like okay. They're not, in my mind, I'm like, I don't know if they're willing to be stress tested or yeah. they just don't want to be called out. Well, I guess it comes back to, I hate to use, it's like a cliche word now, but like authenticity, like you can kind of tell like when someone's right, exactly. like a little dodgy, when they're too uh, corporate or they're just too clean, you know what I mean? And like, you can tell they've done the presentation training, they're like one hand, two hand, three hands, like that sort of shit. And, and I think the, someone like Elon Musk is the complete opposite of that, where he's just tweeting out memes and uh, saying wild shit. So I, I do think that was the case with Adam Newman. The one part in the documentary, this isn't a spoiler, but just one thing that really stood out to me was the uh, cappuccino on latte thing. I don't know if you remember this, Jack, from watching it. But um, there was a time where someone went with Adam Newman to one of the, the coffee, like the baristas at WeWork, and he ordered, I think, like a cappuccino, and they gave him a latte. Yeah. And then the dude who was with him was like, wait, that's a latte. Why is he giving you a cappuccino? And then he asked the barista, and the barista was like, oh, no, no, he just likes to do it that way, so that's how we do it here. And it wasn't just for him. Like, everyone got latte size and cappuccino size. This is how I remember it. So, again, this is uh, all allegedly, so we don't get sued. So, just, but so that, just like a, it was just like this falsehood that he perfected. Yeah, it was like reality distortion field, which you've probably heard with, um, what's his name, Steve Jobs. Jobs and stuff like that. And I'll say I've had this similarly once before, and where, again, this is not putting them on, a, on the same page, but someone I'd worked with, people would like create calendar invites to the time zone of where we were supposed to be going and they would just be like oh well the time they didn't adjust the calendar invite like and just have it in normal times they would say like 3 p.m west coast time and we would get there and the whole calendar was messed up and i'd say to people like why is the calendar messed up and they're like oh well that's how so-and-so's calendar works and i would be like well, that, that, that's not how a calendar is designed. So <laughs> let's maybe talk about that. So I think, again, this is not to call anyone out, especially, but when I see stuff like that, I'm like, okay, this is... That's what I'm saying, bro. If that, if that, got, if that got onto Twitter and this guy's, hey, man, like I call cappuccinos lattes and this is how it's going to be. No, you're going to get memed under the distance. That's see, this true. This is what I mean, right? Like the, the sunlight, I mean, it cuts both ways. Like Twitter mobs can be awful, but sunlight is a great disinfectant if adam newman starts mm. spotting out community ebitda on twitter that was the most ridiculous um but anyways yeah I'm, this is not to say that everybody should be on twitter if that seems to be the lesson again 
if you're here to take lessons from anything from financial advice or media strategy, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. You're in the wrong place. (laughs) Do not listen to anything I said about Twitter (laughs) and my, like my half baked uh, theories, but yeah, that's me. Cool, man. Jack, what about you? Is there anything else before we wrap up? I just think, um, I don't know. Just trying to get into understand that guy's headspace is just fascinating to me. Like he, I think a, same as the Elizabeth Holmes story. It's like, there's plenty of people playing the same game, but he just got further than a lot of people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he got so yeah. far. He got, yo, he got to he the got final boss, far. man. Exactly. Dude, he literally got to the final boss. He got to Bowser. He almost yeah. won. The, the stock he exchange. He almost won yeah. the game. I mean, he still won. Yeah. Just a different medal. Yeah, like, you know, I, I think um, I've made this same comparison to like Trump before. People are like, oh, Trump's not rich. He's like, yeah, no, he is. Like, he got to do whatever the hell he wanted his whole life, right? He did it in a, like, you know, there's plenty of people that got manipulated along the way. But it's like, it's it's just this really fascinating thing to me of like, if like that guy's view of reality is probably not that he failed. He's probably like, oh, this worked out great for me. Like, it was was never had a boss outside of me. Really never had a boss in his entire life. It's incredible. If you actually think about it. Yeah, I think it's like, Crazy. it's very hard to empathize or understand how someone like that works. Like right. I, we, have a, we have a business that is bleeding cash and I'm going to go and throw a music festival. It's just like, right. I don't have the like neuro- yeah. neurological construct in my mind to ever consider doing that. It's like, it doesn't yeah. surprise me that he got as far as he did because he's just completely out there, like operating in a different version of reality than everybody else. Crazy. Well, yeah. here, look, I, I want to jump well, on this. The last thing I'll add with, to Jack's point is, so Elon likes to talk about how him and his brother Kimball will literally just spend hours discussing whether or not we're in a simulation. And I find that people that have talked about this or believe that there's a chance we're in the simulation are playing the game better. Right. Because they're just like, you know what? They're, this is, they really think about it. Like, this is all a game. Yeah. And Elon's just like, hey, it's a game. Like, uh, he, I, I believe in his head, he, there's a very, he signs very high probability the chance that this is a simulation. So he's doing simulation type stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. play video games, dude. I do some weird stuff in video games. Yeah. Like in GTA, <laughs> I'm doing some weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of what he's doing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, maybe no, if I you agree. have that mindset, it, it, it's a, I mean, you can, again, cuts both ways. Not life advice. Maybe that should be the name of this yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's a good one. Not advice in any way. Yeah. Yeah. The, the last thing I'll say on him specifically is Adam is, and this is not justifying anything he did because I think he straight up lied. And I think that's like past the line. Yeah. But there's a very fine line between an entrepreneur who sells a vision, which is basically something that doesn't exist. Yep. And convinces people so much that you need to be here, you need to give up your job. To be, you're gonna get paid less because of something I'm selling you in yeah. the long term. And that's and true he of had a lot of people, crazy, right? Completely. Right. And he was infectious, and he had crazy personality and charisma. I think there was that story of him with um, the SoftBank dude for 12 minutes, and they went on a plane, and he yeah. basically convinced them in that time or whatever. And so I think there's incredible skill in that. At the same time, there's there's Firefest, and there's uh tesla you know what i mean so right, like right, right. tesla is like yeah he's been elon's been selling a vision i mean he still is really like the valuation of the company is not based on today it's based on the next 20 years so i think there's a fine line between that genius and then i think for me the line anyway is when you do something illegal or you're you're like lying straight up that's where yeah, like yeah. ethics come into it so 
So yeah, it's a it's a tough one. And then the Firefest one is probably a similar bucket to the WeWork story by now. Uh, but in in all honesty, like what WeWork did, regardless of how much of a shit show it was, it was there are parts they of it, it that were impressive. They exactly. built it right. And they're about to go Completely. public. I mean, that's it's a it's gonna it's a real business now, right? Completely. Like, it's a real they just business. needed to shift some things around. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of that community inhibitor. Yeah. So. Fair enough, man. That's awesome, right, dude. man. Fun, well, listen, man, yeah, this has good. been episode zero of uh, Unnamed Podcast. Yeah, um, yeah maybe not exist ever, so, you yeah. know, we can test it out. Um, but listen, man, this has been fun. So uh, we'll, we'll hopefully do this again. And uh, let us know what you think of this on Twitter. I'm at BZD. Is it Trung T Fan? Yes, at sir. Trung T Fan, at Jack Butcher. Let us know what you think of this and uh, see you in the next one. Peace. Amazing.